Manifestation is not something that you try to do. Manifestation is something that we are doing every second of every single day. Manifestation is our energies interacting with the energies of this world and creating something, creating a feeling back to us, mirroring a feeling back to us. You have the desires that you do for a reason. You have the dreams that you do for a reason. It is not a coincidence that you have those things. And so much of our ability to manifest the things that we want in our life comes from the ability to see things that we want as things that we deserve. But you're awakening already, right? It's already happening. That's why you're here and why you're listening. Nothing is broken in your world. Nothing needs to be changed. Nothing needs to be different. And yet everything is constantly changing because it is the inevitable nature of that which is eternal. What I've come to realize in this endless searching for answers is that there really are not. If you spend your whole life trying to get your act together, then then what do you have? You have an act, right? Instead of a life. I am Vanessa Fontana, and welcome back to Figuring Shit Out. It is Earth Day. It's April 22nd, so I'm recording this a day before I post it, um, which actually feels really connected and almost kind of guides me into the topic of today. Um, This week, I have been feeling really in tune with the world around me. So just the natural world of things, the flux in weather and how that affected my energetic body. I was really in tune to that, as well as how much energy I really felt like I released this week. Um, And so this is all influence for what I'm going to talk about today, which is living in alignment and finding your voice, finding your truth. This is going to be part one of a series on the law of attraction and manifestation and really allowing your intuition to guide you through life. And it was inspired for me by this book that I'm currently reading, which is deeply impacting the way that I look at myself, my life, my truest nature, and it's called Women Who Run With the Wolves. And I am assuming that most of my audience is female. Um, Most of my TikTok audience is female. Um, But if you are not a female, it's still relatively applicable in the sense that there is this wildish nature that kind of runs through all of us, this deepest intuitive nature that we all have that we're all able to connect to and it's really where our intuition is born it's where the seeds of ourself is born and in this book it's all about honoring the innate womanhood that is less of this femininity um this softness this need to be nice and kind of breaking out of that conditioning and realizing where the roots of womanhood came from and how deeply connected womanhood is to life and especially if you are a man there is like this oneness that we all have as humans not as female or male but as humans that we all have in terms of divine masculine and divine feminine and when we are tapped into one of them 
in place of the other, then we tend to find a misbalance in our lives. And so this book really talks about more of energy and more of the feminine energy and how much of a duality it is. So there is the softness that exists within feminine energy and there is the the maternal giver and then there is also this part of feminine energy that is fierce and that wants to fight and protect and really is connected to the deepest bowels of the earth the the bellows of everything it's the dark feminine that is within us and almost very connected to the masculine of energy so this book really inspired my desire to talk about living in alignment because i felt that while i was reading it i just felt more in tune to the natural world around me and I found this particular flow this week even though this week I was just really exhausted and in my body I wasn't really feeling wonderful um, and I gave a lot of energy. I am now finding balance in my weekend of really just turning inwards. On top of that, there was also a solar eclipse this week, and it was the second Aries new moon, and Aries is really a sign of a lot of action and boldness and energy and getting to the places that you want to get to, and we just kicked off eclipse season, which lasts until the beginning of May, and whether you believe in the astrological influences in our day-to-day lives... The reason I'm bringing this up is because of the energy that comes with it and how the natural world around us is constantly in movement. It's constantly finding new energetic bounds of itself. And especially as we enter spring and there is this connectedness to cleaning out everything that we don't need to prepare for the summer, to prepare for the heat, really swinging the pendulum from the winter time, which calls for a lot of rest it calls for a lot of turning inwards it calls for a lot of deep reflection and a lot of sadness as well swinging that pendulum into the warmth of the seasons and into leaves on the trees and into really nature expanding and going back to its fullness and realizing how in sync that we are with nature and how much we can learn from nature and how much energy of this world influences us. And I think that that's really where I want to start when I start talking about alignment, because when you are living your life in alignment, when you are trying to manifest, when you are trying to attract things into your life, you have to be in tune with your own energy. You have to know where your energetic vibration is so that you can know how close or how far you are to this imagined higher self that you have or to this desire that you have. And I will break down the bare bones of what manifestation is, what law of attraction is, what it really means to live in alignment and to find your truth and to speak your truth. That is really what this episode is going to be about and it's going to be part one of this series because I think that this is so interconnected to our worlds, to our lives and really empowers us to be able to figure shit out a little bit in a way that doesn't say you must plan, you must do 
no, no, no. You just have to simply go inwards and understand how your energy is connected to this world, how your energy is impacting the energy that you are receiving and how your energetic output is what your energetic input is, how those things are in balance and in equilibrium and how if you constantly find yourself in the same cycles or you constantly find yourself attracting the same types of people, the same situations, if you constantly find yourself in a loop of negativity and suffering and how you are maybe perpetuating those things with your energetic output that you don't even realize that you have. And so I want to start this episode really talking about the energy of the world, especially because I'm feeling so connected to it and realizing how it is impacting me. And I think where we start there is to realize that nature does not force Nature just is. Nature moves with itself and it knows what to do, when to do it. Nature is not waiting for the seeds to grow and to turn into flowers because nature knows intimately that that is inevitable. So we see in a lot of ways that nature is a reflection of us and that we can learn so much from the natural world, even in terms of the cycles we go through of birth and death and then rebirth and how in the winter times especially if you live in a very cold place and you're prone to seasonal depression it feels like it's just going to drag on and on and on and on and it never does it always ends spring always comes again we have this natural instinct and understanding that no matter how long it feels like it's going to last it will go away and one day we're going to be in the summer heat wishing for the brisk of the winter and that is just the natural evolution of things and it's less about how those things make us feel inwardly and more about sitting with those inward feelings, knowing that they are here, they will pass, and that there are some things that are simply out of our control. And sometimes that is the movement of the energy around us. And so the law of attraction really begins when you start to understand that there are these natural forces that will never leave. And even if it's simply the weather outside, even if you just want to simply look at it as seasons come, seasons change, seasons go, the trees have leaves on them now, one day they will not, the leaves will grow back. There is this natural evolving of life, birth, death, over and over and over again in the natural world around us. And there's also a lot of energies in the world around us and there are things that inherently make our heart smile, make our heart feel warm, make us feel warm, and there are things that make us feel cold and depleted and like everything is lacking some sort of hope that there is no sunshine and the law of attraction really really starts when you realize that life is an energetic playing field and that there are basically energetic dominoes as well so you make one decision and another decision follows and if you make a decision on the back of a lot of anger or a lot of self-hatred or reactivity then what is going to come back to you is going to be of that same energy. And so if you, for example, are fighting with your friend and they are making you extremely angry, they are triggering your ego, you are in a place of upset, 
the way that you react back to them is simply going to cause a chain reaction of reaction. That is what it will be. It will be from a place of tension. It will be from a place of heightened reactivity of heightened defensiveness that you are ever only getting back what you are perceiving you are only ever getting back what you are projecting and so if you have the expectation that someone is going to hurt you if you have the expectation that someone is going to make you upset with their energy their words who they are then the chances are that that person is going to hurt you or going to make you upset. And it's not necessarily because they are the enemy or they've chosen to do that. It's because you are expecting that. It is because you are giving out an energetic vibration of a need for them to be on the defense. And not only is that what's happening in terms of the energetic duality of you're expecting and they are giving it to you, but you are looking for it. And so even if they are simply existing, you're going to find something to be upset about. You are going to find something to spin in a way to say they've hurt me because you want to really emphasize your energetic bias about them or your cognitive bias about them. And if we take a step out of the spirituality and we really look at the psychology of this and how our subconscious mind programs the rest of our lives, we are only ever looking to be proven right in our minds. We are looking for the evidence in the world all around us that our cognitive assumptions and cognitive biases are true. And so when you start to realize that what you look for, you will find, you start to also realize what you are subconsciously inherently looking for. And this could be a product of your upbringing. So maybe you had a really negative parent and they saw the world and they saw problems and they were always looking for a reason to be upset. They were always looking for someone to yell at. They were always looking for the problems. They were constantly scanning for the negatives, looking for the negatives that definitely imparted onto you who now looks at the world and sees the world through the lens of where is the problem and when you see the world through where is the problem trust you me you are going to find the problem and if we bring this back to what I was just talking about in terms of the natural world and in terms of nature everything dies in the winter right we can't do anything about that the trees lose their leaves and it's very bleak outside but the reason that this can be so fragmenting for us is because we feel like the life has been taken out of us. We notice that there is a lack of life around us. And so it's harder for us to find our own life, to find our own inner light. And there is nothing wrong with that. The mental labeling of winter being bad or it being something very harsh to go through and really, really hard to get through those things come from a place of we have to continue to exist. We have to live as if it's spring and summer in the winter. We have to go to work. We have to make money. We have to really force against the grain of what the natural world is asking us, which is probably to just simply go inwards. And if we look at past cultures and how they lived with the changing of the seasons, they accepted them unconditionally because they were able to live their lives in complete alignment with them and really not have this need to force and 
So much of our energetic misalignment comes from the need to force. It comes from the need to keep relationships in our lives that aren't serving us simply because they are the relationships that we have. It comes from staying in jobs, staying in friend groups, staying in situations in our lives that we just know intuitively that we have grown out of and expired out of because we feel we have no choice and because we do not believe that there is this innate power within us and that we actually are nature too and being nature means that we can release and expand and we also go through these cycles of life death birth rebirth like that is our natural way of being in the world and so there is nothing that we can do about that right we live in this matrix we have to go against the grain of things in certain ways unless you're going to go move off grid you're probably going to have to commit to the fact that we can only live our lives in nature in flow for so long and there are so many times we just have to do what we don't want to do and we have to be okay with that When we talk about manifestation, there's something that really needs to be clarified. To be able to have dreams and actualize towards them or to be able to realize that you really are what you attract in this world and that the energetic output that you are giving is very, very aligned to what you are receiving, we have to do the inner work first. So we have to go inwards and see where in our lives we are forcing things to happen. We have to go into the little corners in our mind and say what are my subconscious limiting beliefs and what really genuinely is the thing that I want and why do I feel like I'm not worthy of having it why haven't I taken the steps to try to get there or to try to do it And stepping into this part of ourselves will sharpen our intuition. And that is where the law of attraction and alignment begins. So in recent years, manifestation has kind of created a life of its own or has been given enough attention to have a life of its own. A lot of people think that the law of attraction, manifestation, the law of assumption, it's this inherently spiritual thing and that you almost need to be spiritual to use it in your life and it's just not true. The whole premise of manifestation is that at any given point and every single day of our lives, we are making decisions and we are making decisions with a feeling. So you wake up in the morning and you go downstairs and you leave your house and you're really angry and everything is just going really awful and so then the train is late and then you step in shit on the sidewalk and then and then and then and it's just almost this catapulting of domino effects of bad energy or badness and we accept those things as just oh this is a bad fucking day and we don't really look inwards and say hey like how am I feeling like how did I step out of my apartment this morning how did I go into this world and like how could that be maybe influencing the things that are coming into my life manifestation is not something that you try to do manifestation is something that we are doing every second of every single day and we are constantly creating 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 the conversations that we're having creating the thought patterns that we are having unconsciously most of the time um, mostly because a lot of the unconscious thought patterns that you have that perpetuate into this negativity are not things that you would consciously choose but they are there 
there and they are all working in the background of things. So there are energies that we go into this world with. There are frequencies that we go into this world with. And whether you believe in the spiritual side of that or not, being happy is a state of frequency. It is a feeling. Being sad is a state of frequency. It is a feeling. And so the decisions that we make that are inextricably tied to a feeling are powered by that feeling. So if you are starting a project that you're really excited about, but you really don't think can go anywhere and in your inner self are almost embarrassed by it, then that project is going to be released and created with this underlying feeling of lack. And so manifestation is not something that people who are spiritual do. It is when it is intentional, intentionally manifesting something, intentionally bringing things into your life, which is I'm sure what you're here to hear about, but to really lay the groundwork and clarify what manifestation is, manifestation is our energies interacting with the energies of this world and creating something, creating a feeling back to us, mirroring a feeling back to us. It is the understanding that whatever we see in this world, the world will reflect onto us all day, every day. And if you are constantly scanning the world for a red car... To put it very simply, you're gonna find the red card. Have you ever noticed that you start dating someone and they drive a particular car and then you see that car everywhere and it's not like it wasn't there before you started dating this person but now you are in your head aware that this car exists and you start subconsciously looking for it even if you think that you are not looking for it. It's the same thing with when someone says our name. So why can we pick our name out of a crowd of people who are talking and saying a million things, but if someone across the room shouts our name, we are automatically perking our ears up to it. We listen for it. It is the subconscious acknowledgement that that name has meaning. And so we are constantly assigning meaning to everything in our lives at any given moment, at any given time, and then the world is showing us those things. And these all happen in very, very short increments of time, literally nanoseconds as our neurons fire away at each other. And why manifestation can feel so confusing for a lot of people is because that they don't understand that they are manifesting everything in their lives at any given moment, any given time. And that is really what the law of attraction states is that you are what you attract and what you attract is what you are. And that sounds really ambiguous and hard to understand, but it's very simple. If we take the example of having a bad day and stepping out into the world with an energy that is really on the negative side of the frequency spectrum, it is much more likely that we are going to step in the shit on the sidewalk and that we are going to have a fight with our friend and that one bad moment can catapult you into several bad moments and that making decisions again and again from a place of negativity or in other terms misalignment with your highest self or what you really really want because no one wants to be in a place of negativity constantly manifesting and perpetuating the badness in their life no one wants that 
But if you don't know that you're doing that, then manifestation seems really silly to you. Manifestation can seem like you're not capable of doing it or that you don't understand it or that it's just simply not real. And part of starting to learn how to manifest is owning up to where you've manifested things in your own life that maybe you didn't want. So look back at the really struggling times in your life where everything just felt like it was falling apart and look at maybe how you were feeling in your body, how you were feeling in the world. What were the thought patterns that were ongoing? Were they filled with positivity and the knowing that there are simply cycles that we go through sometimes and that, you know, it was going to be okay and that there's something that's going to come from this and there's a lesson to learn or was it, why do I have to live on this God green earth? Like, who put me here? What's the point? I fucking hate this place. Because if that's like the mindset that you're stuck in, if that's the mindset that you are going forth into this world with, then you are going to be met with the same energy of that mindset. I really noticed this in the last few weeks as it started to become warmer outside and I started to spend more time outside. How I've almost trained my brain to look for the good things, like to look for the things that make my heart smile. I'm constantly subconsciously scanning for dogs and babies and I'll be running and I almost try to make eye contact with every dog and baby and child that I see and the more that I do that the more that I see them and they look right at me or the more that I see them and they're doing the cutest little thing in the world and it's just this constant need to look for the things that warm my heart I will always find them and now I'm at a place where I really realize that I do this without even trying to do it, that I will find the thing that will make me super happy and feel super warm without even really trying to do it. It's like I'll have a bad day and I'm walking down the street and I see a big puppy with paws that are so much bigger than him and I am almost snapped back into this reality of I'm so silly, like my problems really aren't that bad that just kind of made me so exorbitantly happy and then knowing that everything is actually okay. And so I think like learning how to do that really starts with breaking out of yourself, breaking out of the idea that you need to suffer to exist. You are not here to suffer. You are not here to be upset. You are not here to be perpetually sad. Just like winter, there are going to be moments in our lives that feel really bleak and that are filled with difficulty and challenge and maybe even some strife and that is an inevitable nature of life the pain the birth the dying of things just like the outside natural world that too exists within us within our inner worlds but how do you realize that it is in those moments where maybe the biggest lessons can be learned and taken with you into spring, into the world? And so it's about not letting the bad moments in your life become your life. It's about taking yourself out of the story as the victim of why do these things happen to me and why does the world hate me and why, why, why me? And learning to say, okay, maybe my circumstances circumstances aren't wonderful and maybe they aren't what I want them to be but this is actually really good because this is showing me exactly what I don't want so in a lot of my past relationships or even friendships that didn't 
really turn out so well or didn't end in a good place, I look back at them and I think, okay, well, what did this teach me? And a lot of what it taught me is what I do not want. But what parts of it taught me what I did want? Like, what did I enjoy about those things? What did I not like about those things? And at any given moment, this doesn't even have to be in relationships, but at any given moment in your life, you are constantly scanning the world and labeling it like good, bad, good, bad. And that's almost a natural part of our mental life. It really just is how we look at things in terms of labels. This is why meditation can really help you a lot because it detaches you from these labels and you realize that things are just as they are and it's the labels that you put on them that make them feel a certain way. So a flower is just a flower until it's your favorite flower and you see it on a bad day and it reminds you that everything is okay. And an argument with a friend is simply an argument with a friend until you start realizing that they've hurt you over and over again and you start making them the enemy of your life. It's basically this constant projection of of our mental world onto the outside external world at all times. And so if you are looking for the bad, you're going to find the bad. And if you believe that your life is making you suffer, then you're going to continue suffering until you wake up to the realization that you're not here to do that. You're not here to suffer. And when I realized very much that I was responsible for my own happiness and that I could have fun whenever I wanted to and I actually did not need to be so annoyed all the time or find things wrong with other things all the time. Life just kind of started to flow a little bit more and of course there are moments and there are times where it's just really challenging to see the good and that's okay. That's just as okay as when you do see the good. The moments in your life that are not necessarily the things that you want to attract into your life, you don't look at them as the end-all be-all of everything. You don't look at them as a circumstance that you cannot get out of and that you are forced to live in. You must learn to look at the bad things in your life as simply contrasting elements to the life that you know that you deserve. And so it really begins with seeing how much in your life you have manifested in a way that wasn't in alignment with what you really want. And sometimes what we really want, we don't believe that we are worthy of having. But you have to know that you have the desires that you do for a reason. You have the dreams that you do for a reason. It is not a coincidence that you have those things. It is because there is an inner being within you. There is an inner intuition within your heart, within your soul that knows things. It is just as intuitive as nature in knowing that the seeds are planted and that the flower will grow and we don't need to sit around and wait for it to grow. It is the deepest parts of our internal lives that we viscerally avoid in ways that can be really dangerous to us by constantly filling our world with stimulation, constantly filling our world with accepting people who don't make us feel good and accepting situations that don't make us feel good and accepting that this is just how life is and life is kind of shitty and I'm the victim and I really am just so unlucky. If you believe those things, then that will 
will be the perpetuation of your life. The world is ever only giving to you what you are giving to it in terms of saying that I believe I'm worthy of this thing. I want this thing. I know it's already mine. When you believe that you are worthy of something outside of yourself that is not in your present day reality, when you know that you deserve to be happy and to live well and to work well and to be in a place where things are in a certain equilibrium but also have the knowing that there's going to be dips in that equilibrium and that sometimes things are outside of our control and that there are divine influences that come in and fuck shit up for us so that we can evolve that everything that you go through in your life is contributing to that highest version of you you are much more likely to go in the flow of everything when you believe that you deserve happiness and that at any moment really you can create it, then you don't fear not having it. In the moments that feel so arduous, so difficult to get through, you know that there is another side. A lot of the law of attraction and a lot of recognizing that there are energies in this world that we are constantly attracting or deflecting is also acknowledging that to every energetic good or to every feeling of happiness or love or desirability, so the things that we want to attract into our lives, there is an equal and an opposite to that frequency. And at any moment, there is what we want and what our desired self is, our desired life, our highest self. And then there's us. So there's our physical being and there is this gap usually when we are not in alignment with our highest selves and what we want that is basically just telling us how far we are away from that thing. So that means that when you're in a bad mood or a lot of bad things are happening around you, it doesn't mean that those things are bad and that they have to keep happening. It is simply information. It is simply telling you how far you are away to the thing that you actually want. And when you recognize and you say, okay, this situation is not ideal, but one, it is showing me what I do not want in my life. And two, I actually know that this isn't forever. And three, I also know that I have the power at any given moment to change my perspective and my attitude around it so that I can start living my life in my highest alignment you realize how much power you actually have. Manifestation, intentional manifestation, and really understanding the law of attraction is really about coming into the fact that we are powerful beings and powerful creators. And this victim mentality that a lot of us have where something negative happens and we look out into the ether of the world and say, why me? Why did this happen? Basically foregoing any responsibility that maybe we could have had in contributing to this bad thing happen or taking a look around ourselves and our world and asking, how could I have maybe contributed to this? How was I feeling in my body? How was I feeling in my mind? What was my internal dialogue before this terrible thing happened? How did I maybe energetically contribute to this without even realizing that I did? 
there are things that are going to happen in your life that you have absolutely no control over and that are really shitty and really awful and that you did not intentionally or unconsciously manifest. They simply just happened. And that is the natural birth, death, life evolving of things. There is this natural world outside of us where we realize that we are not in control of all of it, that at any moment, death can take things away from us. At any moment, everything can change. And in those moments, how do you take a step out of yourself and say, what can I learn from this? What can I do about this so that I can move my life forward? Maybe there was a reason that this happened. And if you start looking for the reasons, looking for the lessons and the things that are outside of your control and the shittiness that is going on and infiltrating your life, you really start to realize that you can find a lesson in anything. You can take any awful, terrible moment in your life and turn it into something bright and filled with an understanding of yourself more deeper, an understanding of life more deeper. And if you are constantly avoiding those bad, bad moments and you fear them and you're scared of them, then when they come, they are going to eat you alive. You are not going to be able to learn anything from them if you are constantly in fear of them and constantly avoiding them because you do not internally believe that those things happen for a reason. You are overexerting and overestimating the amount of power that you have. So when we talk about manifestation, there is one side of the coin that says our perspectives, our attitudes, our energetic frequencies are going to feed the elements in my life around me and give back to me what I am giving out. But at the same time, there is also this divine interworking at play. There is also this understanding that sometimes Things just happen and we don't know why they happen and they feel really, really awful. So there's the control that we do have and there's the control that we don't have. Learning how to balance those elements comes from the acknowledgement that there are cycles and cycles in this world. There are ups and downs and everything is necessary. It is all for something. It is all for a reason, for a purpose. And so you start to realize that you just have to surrender in those moments where life feels so challenging, where the odds just feel completely stacked against you. You have to have this inner trust that at any moment, even if the world underneath you is shaking, if it feels like the ground beneath you is just going to fall right out of itself, that even in those moments, it's going to be okay. You have to develop this inner trust with yourself and knowing that you are where you are at any given moment and that's exactly where you are supposed to be and that we actually have a lot more power and control in how we look at those things. So in the moments where we can't do anything but surrender and sometimes silence and inaction is the best course of action... It's those moments where you learn how to sit inwards. You learn how to be okay with everything around you falling apart and still hold this internal center, this internal trust with yourself, with the world that there are seasons among us all the time and that there are seasons within us all the time. And some days it's going to be a beautiful spring day and everything is going to go exactly as planned and everything is going to come into your life with the most bountiful beauty 
beauty and other days it's going to rain and it's going to pour and those are the days you just got to sit neatly in your bed and curl up with a book or cry if you need to. It's about realizing that you have the power within you to at any moment look at things in a way of learning, of gauging information. And just because the world beneath you shakes and falls apart does not mean that you are not worthy of the life that you want. It does not mean that things aren't going your way. It's about having an inner trust that, okay, this happened. I still know where I am supposed to be. I still know within me that I am supposed to do this thing, that I am supposed to express myself to this world in this way. And it is about not faltering in those moments of intense change, of intense pain, about having that trust with yourself, with the universe, with everything outside of you, that everything really is going to be okay. And so when you manifest, when you ask for something, you don't ask for it out of lack. You don't put your hands together and sit at the corner of your bed and pray and ask for things out of desperation because your life is empty without them. You come from a place of surrender and to really manifest the things that you want into your life and to conjure things up into your life, you have to really believe that they are yours and that you just need to tune your energetic frequency, your energetic alignment with that thing. And then you do that, you ask for it, you know that it's yours, so you're not even asking, you're just claiming it, and you sit back, and you surrender, and you don't check the clock, and you don't check to see when it's coming, and where it is, and if it's really coming to you, because in that, in the searching for it, in the constant need to have it right now, right here, in this very physical reality, in this very physical moment, there is a sense of lack. There is a sense of, well, if I don't see it in my physical reality, then it just might not exist. And if it doesn't exist, then I'm actually not worthy of it. It's the inner belief that you have about the things that you want. So garnering a sense of self-awareness, garnering a sense of being in tune with yourself and with the seasons and not letting those things deter you from who you want to be, from what you want to create. That really is... If you've been wanting to learn a new language because you want to pick up a new skill or hobby, then Rosetta Stone is for you. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning app available on desktop and also can be used as an app on your phone. Rosetta Stone teaches through immersion. Instead of memorizing and drilling vocabulary words into your head, you learn by matching audio from native speakers to visuals, reading stories, and participating in dialogues. There are no English translations in the product, so you're getting trained to listen, speak, read, write, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone offers 25 languages from Spanish, French, Italian, German, Chinese, Korean, Japanese, and even Dutch, and offers a lifetime membership so you can buy the program now and get forever access to all the lessons for the languages and literally never pay a renewal fee. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Figuring Shit Out listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. 
Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today. The key, you have to build trust with yourself. You have to build trust with the world around you. You have to build trust with your ability to get through anything, no matter how hard it is, no matter how arduous it is. You have to know that no matter what, you have the things inside of you that you need always, that everything you need is right inside of your bones, right inside of your heart. Have you ever noticed that when people fall in love a lot of the time, They're always telling the story and they're saying, wow, you know, it's kind of crazy. I wasn't even looking for it and it just kind of happened. It's not a coincidence that that story is so commonly held. And the reason is because when you know that you're worthy of love and you know that you are worthy of having a healthy and fulfilling relationship, you don't worry about when it's going to come. It doesn't overcome you and it doesn't drive you and you don't act out of the need to have it. It's just a simple understanding of, you know, hey, this would be cool, but I don't really need it. And so it's often in the moments that we are not looking for love that we end up finding the love because what we do when we don't act from a place of desperation or neediness or needing someone else to come in and make everything better for us, that we find that we're actually okay on our own and that we actually can be happy on our own and we find a wholeness within ourselves that somehow attracts the wholeness within another person and then that's when that person comes in and it seems like you were just aligned you were just in the moment of alignment it's the same thing with your professional life or maybe you're at a job that you like fucking hate and you don't want to be at and you don't want to work at and you can't quit because you need the income it's about reminding yourself that okay this isn't forever and I'm doing this to feed myself and what can I find in it that would teach me something what can I find in it that might be a lesson in how I want to live my life and what is this teaching me so maybe you work at I don't know, um, a nine to five and you absolutely hate waking up early and you just don't want that for your life and it's awful and you wake up in the morning and you're like, fuck this shit, this is the worst thing ever. Instead of going into your day with that feeling of like, why do I have to do this? Why is this my life? Like, why me? Why me? Or being in that victim mentality, you simply look at it and you say, okay, just one one more day closer to my desired reality. Or you wake up and you say, it's so good to know that I don't want this forever. It is so good to know that this will not be my life forever. It is so good to have this information and to have this experience so that I know in my future life, I will be able to wake up with some sort of ease because that's what I want. That's what I know I deserve. And that's what I know I'm capable of. Of getting and so much of our ability to manifest the things that we want in our life comes from the ability to see things that we want as things that we deserve and that's why that lucky girl syndrome that is that whole tiktok phenomenon where you just believe that you're lucky and you just start saying to yourself you know i'm just really lucky things are just always working out for me everything is just really good and you say it basically until you believe it I want to do an entire episode on lucky girl syndrome and really looking at the world like it's just your rose-colored lenses. It is just your romanticization playing field. I am so good at doing that and I just like 
I think I look at this world in a way of beautiful aesthetics. I always find the pretty things. I always find the way to look at the world. I think that will be part two of this episode is looking at the world with rose colored lenses and really how to embody that lucky girl energy and how to conjure things up into your life. And it's going to be an empowerment episode of just realizing that you're that bitch. Like you are powerful, so much more powerful than you know. So that'll be next week. But the underlying reason behind why that is so powerful is because when you believe that you're lucky and you believe that good things just happen to you and you don't know why, but somehow things just always work out, you start to look for the evidence of it and you can even retrospectively look for the evidence of it and say hey, you know, that terrible thing that I thought was so terrible, my God, didn't I dodge a bullet from that? I'm so happy things worked out the way that they did. Like, thank you, universe, for having my back. And so a lot of manifestation, law of attraction, it's really not about what you're trying to get out of this world. It's really not about what you want to conjure into your life or how those things will make you feel. Because if you're not whole on your own and if you are not really trying to conjure things into your life from a place of worthiness rather than a place of lack, rather than a place of neediness, rather than saying, I need this thing to be happy. It's never going to come to you in the way that you want it to come to you. And it probably won't really even come to you at all because you don't really believe that you deserve it. Because if you believed that you truly, truly deserved it, you wouldn't worry about when it was going to come to you. You would know that it's yours no matter what. And that every day is a step towards that. And that there are things that you can do to maybe speed it along. And one of those things is this inherent trust that you have, this inherent surrendering that you have, that you're going to stop looking for it and you're going to know that it's just going to come right in. And at the very moment that you are guided by your intuition to conjure it into your reality, it will appear. Gratitude is also so immensely powerful to attracting what you want in this world and to manifesting because if we think about, well, we are what we look for in this world. And if I look for the evidence of something good or bad, I will probably find it. And if I listen to the narratives and the stories in my mind and realize that they are inherently negative and I look around me and I say, wow, okay, how much of my life that I am not happy with am I actually perpetuating? Then we can actually do the opposite of that and we can start really tuning ourselves into the good things in your life. So sitting with yourself every single day and asking what you can be grateful for. How can you be happy where you are right now? We cannot manifest out of a place from lack. We cannot manifest out of a desire for our lives to be radically different. We manifest from a place of feeling good. We manifest from a place of knowing that these things that are inner beings are so akin to wanting, to knowing is in our timelines somewhere at some point. Those things are really already ours and we are keeping ourselves away from them by not being in alignment with them. So how do you become in alignment with the things that you know you are worthy of, the things that you know you are deserving of, the things that you know are in your desired reality? How do you become in alignment with that? How do you act as if they already are yours? You take inventory of your life and you say, what can I be grateful for? How can I look at my day-to-day life as something to appreciate? 
Because even if for somehow, some reason, you do end up getting the thing that you want, and if you are getting the thing that you want out of a place of lack, it's probably going to be filled with a lot of strife on your way there. So it's not going to come into your life very easily. But say for some reason that you find a way to bring it into your reality. When you have that thing, it's not going to do what you want for it to do to you. If you are in a place where you're feeling a lot of lack and you are feeling a desperation and you are needing a way out, when that thing comes in for you, it's just going to feel kind of empty. You're going to look around and say, wow, this is really not what I thought it was because at the end of all of this, at the end of all of wanting to curate our own lives and look at things as beautiful as we absolutely can... There is an underlying assumption that we are able to do that no matter what and that it's really not about the thing. Abraham Hicks talks a lot about this and I am going to talk about Abraham Hicks so much in this series. I'll kind of go over who she is at another time, but Abraham Hicks is basically the mother of law of attraction. She is the queen of it and she is actually in my intro and in my outro. In my outro, she is the one who says you have to look for the good. You have to look for the reasons to be happy. You have to be on an endless journey of trying to find it and looking for love all around you and not thinking that love is just this one thing. Like love is not just romantic. Love is not just a relationship that you share with another person. Love is all around you all the time. Love is a cat nestling up to you while you're sleeping. Love is buying flowers on a Sunday. Love is Sunday shine on your skin you get to define what love is and you get to look for it and just to clarify she didn't say all of that in my outro but that's really what she is saying in that clip and in that video and so if you're curious about abraham hicks highly highly encourage you to just start going on youtube they have these cartoons of her speaking at conferences and events and they're just cartoons of Abraham Hicks talks and it's really entertaining and she also has like eight hour long um, sleep subconscious reprogramming and I really feel like my life changed when I realized who Abraham Hicks was and I started resonating with her so that will probably be in coming episodes because there's so much that I can say about her that I just don't want to take the time right now but to get back to my point what she talks about a lot is you don't want the thing you want the feeling of it it's not about the car or the job or the person it's about what you think that that thing will bring you it's about the feeling that you think that it will bring you and so when we want to consciously intentionally manifest something into our lives we act as if we already have it by embodying the feeling of it so you think about Let's go back to the example of not wanting to work a nine to five and not wanting to wake up really early. What is behind that feeling? It is most likely a sense of freedom that we are looking for. It is most likely a sense of ease that we are looking for. It is most likely a desire to not be bound to a schedule that does not align with our natural body states. And so the first thing that you do when you realize that that is really the feeling that you're after is freedom and well-restedness and the ability to give your body that 
if you believe that you have to wake up every single day at 7 a.m. and that that is the only way that you could ever make money and that there's no way out of this and that that is just your life, then you're not going to believe that you're worthy of the thing that you actually want. So she talks about how our feelings of contrast and our feelings of undesirability are just pointers. That's all they are. It's just information. It just tells us what we do not want, which is a good thing because it brings us closer to what we do want. But if you don't feel like you are worthy or you could have in this physical reality a job where you wake up with ease and you don't have to wake up by alarm, then you probably won't have it and you're going to be stuck in this victimhood and this mentality of, but I can't, but I can't, but I can't. And that is the mentality of lack. Those are the limiting beliefs that you have to really overcome in order to get to a place where you can align yourself with the highest version of who you are. I also want to mention that your highest self is not something that you create and it's not something that you're trying to strive or attain or get closer to. Your highest self is within you at all times. Your highest self is you. It's not who you wish you could be. It's who you actually are underneath it all. It is who you actually are underneath the limiting beliefs and the prophecies that you've carried around for what feels like your entire life that constantly berate you with words of you are not good enough, you don't deserve this thing, you could never be happy. Your highest self, your truest self, your most deep intuitive nature is already within you. It's just about peeling back the layers, doing the shadow work, doing the inner work, realizing where your limiting beliefs and lack mentality stem from so that you can actively challenge it and overcome it, peeling back those layers time and time again, viscerally choosing to think in an opposite way. And if you also find that there is something in your life that is just really, really hard and you cannot look at it in a way that would give you a better perspective, maybe you think that there's nothing you can learn from it, you're just really angry about it, or there's something within you that is so resistant to this thing and that happens to all of us, What is encouraged in these places is to just focus on something else. So from that state of resistance, from that state of challenge, you will never be able to really manifest an opposite scenario or an opposite situation. But if you focus on something else, if you get into an alignment with something that does feel good, then you can take a step back and you can start filling in the holes of that limiting belief from outside of that situation. Situation or that scenario. You can never really face something with a negative way of looking at it. You will never be able to find a solution. It won't be easy. It'll feel really resistant. And it's all about that intuitive knowledge, right? That intuitive understanding that we are always in some sort of flux. And if we can have a pulse check on where we are at any given moment, if we can really tune in with ourselves and say, okay, like, how is this thing making me feel? Do I feel good when I do this? Is there a way that I can not do this if it does not make me feel good? Constantly just taking inventory of our lives and how we feel. 
If we can take a step back and learn how to not take everything we feel as truth or everything we think as truth, then we realize that's where the gap comes in, where you have some power. You have some ability to create a distance between you and that thing and say, okay, I'm just going to go do something else. I'm not going to worry about this right now because I know that if I'm not feeling good with this thing, that there is something that I am doing that's attracting a negative energy and allowing that negative energy to really unfold and flourish. If you can just take a step back and be cognizant of that, you don't even need to do anything. You don't need to change anything. You don't need to become someone else. You don't need to look at it in a different light or a different way. You just say, hey, this thing isn't making me feel good. I'm probably contributing to the fact that it's not making me feel good. Let me just direct my energy somewhere that does make me feel good and if I need to revisit this later, I will, but from a place of feeling good. We can only ever really make decisions that are in alignment with our highest self when we feel good because your highest self, the thing that is really within you, the thing that you have to do, the inner work to find and to peel back the layers with, your highest self is who you are when you're in your flow state. Your highest self is who you are when everything in your world is just going really, really well and you're having a beautiful day and it's sunny outside and it's sunny inside and every interaction that you have is fulfilling and you not only realize that it's fulfilling but you are deeply grateful for this fulfillment so you say wow like it's so sunny out I'm so happy it's sunny out thank you for the sun being out and you are just exclaiming almost your appreciation for the world around you and so because you're doing that the world around you is giving you back more appreciation it's just this constant flow of energy constant flow of beauty and love and light and we have days like that sometimes right like that's not something that none of us aren't familiar with we've had really really good days where everything is just great and you sit in the fact that it's great and you're like wow this is a good day you make that good day better by exclaiming your appreciation for it and that is when you're in your highest self that is when it's easiest to manifest something into your life because you just have this clarity you have this divine connection with something beyond you something within you this intuitive nature where The things that would bother you on a bad day don't bother you. You let things go. You let them slide. You don't worry as much. You don't get caught up in the negative thinking. You're able to really just see things from a place of clarity, perspective, peace. That's our highest self. That is us acting out of our highest self. And so if you realize that, and if you realize that when you're having a good day, you can make it even better, what you also realize is that when you're having a bad day, you can make it even worse. We are so powerful in our exclamations of how things go. And that's why it's almost really dangerous to say something like, nothing ever goes my way, or I'm so stupid, I forgot to lock the door, or why does this shit happen to me? When you say things like that, you are exclaiming those things. You are subconsciously feeding into those programmed beliefs that you have that are out of lack. You are feeding them. Your subconscious does not have a sense of humor. So if you are joking about how you're just so broke, your subconscious is taking all of that as information. It is all information. At any given moment, you are manifesting something. You are exclaiming how you feel about something and in exclaiming it and claiming it to the world you are then generating it over and over again. You are feeding that thing energetically. And so the way that we deal with the things in our lives that 
are really challenging is we surrender to them, you know, when it's winter outside. And I take this example because I really don't like winter. I find myself really despising winter, really complaining about winter, really being upset that winter exists in the first place. I'm originally from Florida, so I grew up in a place where there was no winter. And while I'm so grateful for the ability to witness seasons, winter is harsh and winter can be long and winter can feel like the sun will never come again. Of course, it always does, and I realize that that is just the natural, inevitable flux of all things, and I turn out to be grateful for it. I realize if I just surrender to winter and if I just let myself be tired and I just let myself be one with what's outside and surrender to the fact that okay, maybe I don't like it, but I actually don't need to complain about it. And I I can actually maybe find some things that I enjoy about it, like the coziness and like the ability to go inward. So surrendering to something and then finding something to enjoy about it. So in the moments of your life and like the flux of your life and the shitty times in your life, you just surrender. You allow those things to be what they are and you know that it's not forever because internally you know that you are deserving of the world, the moon, the sky, the stars. And if you're not getting it right now, then that doesn't mean that it's not yours or that you're not worthy of it. All it means is that it's just not right now and that there is a divine play at work. There is a divine timing at work that you just have to trust yourself. You have to trust your intuition. So I want to tell the story about how I manifested my life in New York City, which is kind of crazy and weird to say because I'm like 23 and I live in the city and I've lived here since I graduated college. But I feel like it's a really good representation of knowing that I always wanted to be somewhere, not knowing why, finding my impulse and then having to surrender to the world around me when it didn't work out the way that I wanted it to, but never giving up on knowing that it was what was meant for me. So I grew up going back and forth from New York um, because my dad and his family were from New York. And so I was always familiar with it, but never lived here, never really had real roots here before I even came to New York City. New York City to me was just this magical place. I don't know what sparked within me, but I think that there was just an inner knowing that I had since I was really young that this place was special or was going to be special to me. And the first time I ever came to New York, it was just completely igniting. And um, having traveled back and forth a few times throughout adolescence, I just knew that this place like filled with so much inspiration and energy was where I wanted to be and where I needed to be to live my life. And I had no plans. I was just like, this is where I want to live. This is where I really want to be. And it was something that I always knew. And I remember when I would travel to New York, I would sit in little coffee shops. I was like 15 and I'd sit in coffee shops and I would journal and I would just people watch. I would study people. I would study how they moved through the world in this city. I would think about how much energy New York seemed to give me, how much inspiration it gave me, how just incredibly electrifying it felt to be on the streets and how there was so much to observe, so much to see, so much to write about, so much to be in. 
I just fell in love with it in a way that I could describe. It was this enamoring feeling and it was almost just like this obsession, like this understanding that this place is so special. I see that it's special and I feel like I'm supposed to be here. And I had never felt so called to somewhere else. And it almost feels like I grew up in Florida with my heart half in New York. For some reason, I just didn't know why. It was just this inner calling that I had to be here. I remember being like 10 years old, 11 years old and telling everyone that I was going to move to New York City and that that's where I wanted to be. And everyone was like, you're literally 10 years old. You don't know that. But I was just like, watch me. I'm going to. I don't know how, but I'm going to. And I would write in my journals and just imagine my life there and imagine being young there. And I would daydream about it. I would think about it because I just knew that... I was going to be here one day. I didn't know how I was going to get there. I just knew that I was going to. And I didn't have a plan. It wasn't filled in my mind what I would be doing here for work. And so I almost think that it's kind of funny that I didn't fill in those gaps and those pieces because if I had, then I probably would have manifested something a little bit differently. But it wasn't about my life. It wasn't about like what I was doing. It was simply about being in this place. That was the only thing that I had clarity on, the only thing I knew. And then I remember just being like, okay, well, everything else will fill in. Like everything else will fill in the gaps. I'll figure out what I want to do. I know I'm a creative person. Like I know that I am talented in these areas, but that's not really what matters. What matters is just that I am there because I feel like I'm supposed to be there to figure it out. Like that was kind of the underlying impression. And it's so funny because if you ask any of my childhood friends or anyone who I grew up with, they knew me as that person. They knew me as the girl who was gonna move to New York one day. And I remember when I actually did move here, there were so many people who reached out to me who I grew up with that were like, oh my God, like congratulations, you did it. And I would just be like, yeah, of course I did it. Like, duh, I knew I would. But it was just this unfaltering belief that this is where I was supposed to be. And basically the timeline of it all didn't really work out the way that I had imagined. I thought that I would graduate high school and come to college here. I thought that that was going to be the way that I ended up in New York City. That was the plan. And it ended up not being the plan. And I ended up going to school in upstate New York, which I really went kicking and screaming because I was so set on being in New York City when I was 18. And I was so set on if it wasn't New York City, it was going to be some city. And I'd find my way to New York after. Never was it in my plan or never did I want to go to school in a place that had nothing around it and was surrounded by mountains and was in this like random ass location. The reason that I ended up not going to school in New York City is because my dad would not let me put myself into an exorbitant amount of debt at 18. And when I was 18, all I could think about was wanting to be in the city. I didn't care how much debt I would be in to be there. Like it was the only thing that I wanted. And looking back now, 23, I am grateful as all hell that I'm not in debt $250,000 for a degree that I probably would not have even used. But at the time, it felt like the entire world was kicking and burning and screaming and that it just wasn't working out and that my lifelong dream was not being realized. I still knew that it would be realized. Like in my bones, I was just like, I know New York will happen one day. It's just not right now. And that was so hard to come to terms with because I was 18. I ended up at this school that I was the only out-of-state student at basically. And it just felt like 
the lessons that I learned in high school, feeling like the outsider was just perpetuated. I think that was a big reason I wanted to live in New York City was because I grew up very much the outsider in a lot of ways or feeling like I was the outsider and feeling like I was always kind of on the outside looking in and really watching the world happen around me but not really being in it and I think I craved to be in New York City so much because I just wanted to finally be in it and I wanted a place that I could hide in like I wanted a place that I wouldn't be the center of attention in some way in because I also grew up kind of always garnering like a bit of attention and not liking it not wanting it and so I think I figured New York is a place that you can be anyone or do anything and I don't have to hide but I also can hide at the same time and I think that was a big limiting belief that I had just within myself from growing up and so what I didn't know when I was 18 at the time is that there were certain lessons that I needed to learn before coming to New York City when I finally moved here when I was 21 I graduated from college and I got a job and I moved to the city and everything worked out exactly perfectly because I think about it and I would have never been able to live here at 18. I I could have and I would have, but it wouldn't have been good for me. I wasn't in a good place. I wasn't in a good mental frame of mind. I think that New York is very much a place that is filled with energies and you see exactly what you are, you attract exactly what you are in a larger way than most places. It is a place of everything and a place of nothing and it can really be a dangerous place if you're not prepared for it and I didn't even realize that I wasn't prepared for it but I definitely wasn't when I was 18 and so I didn't know that at the time and so I resisted it so much and I was so angry at the universe and the world for putting me in this place that I didn't want to be. But what I didn't know is that there were people I needed to meet and there was lessons that I needed to learn and that I was not ready to be in this place yet. But at the same time, I was one step closer. And the way that I rationalized it, I was basically upset about it for about two weeks and I was just like, fuck this shit. But then I got to college and I realized that money was a very real thing. Debt is a very real thing. And I had never really thought about being in debt before. I just thought that that was something that everyone had to go through. And I quickly realized that I was very lucky for not putting myself in that position and for my dad not letting me put myself in that position when I was only 18. And so I was able to go to this school upstate. I was able to graduate early. I was able to leave the school without debt. I was able to meet a million people. And so I did end up moving to the city. I did end up being here. I moved here at 21 when I graduated. I wasn't in debt. I moved here at the prime of COVID basically, right when the city was opening back up. So everything was still super cheap. I got a really good deal. It felt like when I moved here finally, like the stars sort of aligned in a way where everything that was supposed to happen, it happened exactly as it should. And I was also able to go through my my first part of a spiritual awakening before I moved to the city. I went through it at sort of the start of COVID, like March of 2020, April 2020 was when it really started. And so I had about a year of shadow work and therapy and sitting inward with myself before I made this drastic move and moved to one of the largest, most intense cities in the world. I was able to sit 
with the parts of myself that would have probably been eaten alive had I moved here when I was 18 or anytime sooner. And so the reason I tell that story is because one, it shows the intuition. It shows that there is sometimes this inner knowing that we have. We don't know why we have it, but we know that we're destined for something or we know that we're supposed to do something or we're supposed to meet someone. We just know and we don't know how we know. And sometimes we fight with the knowing and sometimes we talk ourselves out of the knowing, but we know our intuition is such a powerful thing that we must learn how to use and how to believe and how to trust. And then there was the shit not going according to plan that I just had to learn how to surrender to and say, okay, this doesn't mean that I was wrong and this doesn't mean that this isn't going to happen. I know that I'm going to be there. I know that I'm going to end up there. This inner knowing is so strong that it doesn't matter how I get there. I just know that it'll happen and now it's just going to be after college and it is what it is. And three, by trusting that things just sometimes happen the way that they should for reasons beyond our knowing, beyond our control, I was able to realize why I hadn't been able to come here when I was 18. I realized that I would have never been okay and that there was something beyond me that was looking out for me because I'd be in a very different place if I ended up in New York City when I was 18. I don't know if I would be in the best place just given where I had come from and everything that I was going through. I also would not know the people that I know now today and I wouldn't be who I am and there were so many unraveling paths that I took going somewhere different and kind of taking a detour that led me to where I am now, which I know is exactly where I'm supposed to be. It's actually really funny because my two best friends who I grew up with ended up moving here a year after I ended up moving here and they are my roommates and I live with them. But what's just so crazy is that we talk about it all the time that they always knew that I was going to be here. They never expected that they would be here or, you know, I always knew that this was where I'm going to be. But when I pictured it, I didn't expect them to be with me. And the fact that they are with me is like such a beautiful and special thing. And the fact that they have their own relationships with the city and that they moved here with their own stories. It almost makes my yearning to be here feel a little bit more special. It almost makes it feel a little bit more purposeful like I think the reason and part of the reason that I felt like I wanted to be here so much was because I was supposed to almost bring other people here and that my love for New York which I don't even know where it really came from it was just like born within me seeped out into the lives of other people and implicitly affected them and those people happen to be the people that I grew up with and so it really feels like now I'm 23 and everything has come full circle but it's just the constant reminder that shit just happens for a reason sometimes I don't know why it happens but the more that I've learned to trust this the more that I've been able to see the lessons in all of it and so I look at my life now sometimes and there are moments that I forget that this is what I wanted so so bad and I have to really center myself and say look at where you are and just appreciate where you are and if five-year-old you saw you right now if 10-year-old you if 15-year-old you my god she would be so fucking proud like I have to constantly remind myself of that because it's so easy to just get jaded in all of it 
But I look around at my life now for the most part and I just think about how I dreamt this up and how I have created everything that I've ever wanted and some of it was a lot easier to get than others. But I just feel like when I take inventory of my life, I realize that the good things, the bad things, I am a co-creator in all of them. Like the worst moments in my life, I know that I contributed to the worst pain that I've ever felt I know that I put myself in the position to feel that pain and I know that I was supposed to like I know that I would have never been able to come to a place of understanding and awareness about my ability as a manifesting human being just as we all are unless I realized how much I was contributing to the manifestation of my own pain and so I really really believe that when you take ownership over your power when you take ownership over your autonomy and you look out into nature and you see that you are nature and you start to find the similarities and you start to trust the deeply intuitive nature that exists within you you're guided by it and once you're guided by it you live with a lot more ease you know the shitty stuff can still be shitty but you learn where to focus your energy you learn where to give your energy you learn to know what things to do when to do them and what things to maybe hold back on a little bit and that you know if something doesn't go your way it doesn't mean that it's not for you it simply means that either there is something better that you don't know yet or that it's just not right now and if it's just not right now then it doesn't mean that it's any less of your destiny it just means not right now for reasons you don't know and usually those reasons are pretty valid in that you're just not ready and So every moment of every day, you're basically making yourself ready. You're preparing yourself for your manifestations to come true, especially if you know deep within you that they are yours, that it is truly meant for you. And the way that you know that things are truly meant for you is because you want them. That's it. It's that simple. You know that you really enjoy doing this thing and it's been inside of you since you were young and you just can't get rid of it. You just can't escape it. You need to find a way to express it. That's there for a reason. Listen to the intuitive callings that you have. Listen to the intuitive natures that you have and know that they are there for a reason and that any fear that you have of expressing them or sharing them with the world It is all a product of the limiting beliefs that you've taken on and the things inside of you that tell you that you're not good enough and that you can't have that thing and that you're not deserving of it. And it's your job to listen to those thoughts and tell them to kindly fuck off. So this is part one of the series on manifesting, realizing that you are a powerful creator, living your life in alignment. My next episode is going to be about the lucky girl syndrome and how to really look at the world with rose-colored lenses and how to embody the character that you know within your heart that you really are and that you want to be. Remember, it's not about trying to attain something. It's not about the strife to get there. It's not about working hard. You are not a self-help project. You are a human being and anything that you ever want to be is already inside of you. You just have to peel back the layers and find it. And so to recap, today we covered the natural world and how it influences and affects us internally. 
and how we can learn a lot from nature surrendering to our own internal nature. And then from surrendering to our own internal nature, we learn how to trust our intuition. We learn how to trust what our intuition is asking of us and sit inward with it and wonder where the clashes are between our intuition and our mind and how many limiting beliefs that we have that are holding us back from our highest truths and our highest desires that a lot of the victimhood in your life that you are maybe perpetuating is keeping you in a place of pain and struggle and that we're not meant to struggle. We're not here to struggle. We're not here to live our lives in depletion and in sacrifice. That's just simply not why we are here. And that if you believe that you are supposed to be living that way and that nothing is ever going to go your way, then that is really what you're going to attract. Every energetic output has an energetic receptiveness that is in constant flow, in constant flux. Every single moment of every single day, you are manifesting, you are creating, you are intentionally moving the needle along in the domino effect of energetic vibration. In plain terms, your subconscious is constantly reinforcing itself. You are looking for the evidence of something and you are finding it and it's up to you to look for the evidence of what you want. It's up to you to be on a relentless pursuit of finding the beauty, the love, the things around you that you can appreciate and feel gratitude for. It is up to you to be where you are and know that that's where you are, know that that's where you are supposed to be and find something to love about it. Find everything you can to love about it and know that from that place, from that place of love, from that place of gratitude, that's where you can really blossom. That's where you can expand. That's where you can find your inner truth and manifest your deepest deepest desires and feel worthy of them that sometimes we know we don't know how we know but we just know and it's about trusting that knowing so there's a lot of trust here there's a lot of surrender here there's a lot of understanding and acknowledging that we are powerful powerful creators in our day-to-day lives and if you choose to ignore that then you are going to be a victim to your situation you're going to be a victim to your energetic output that you don't even realize you are constantly perpetuating this was a really fun episode this is really what i live my life by in a lot of ways and so there's a lot to come and i'm very excited for it thank you for listening thank you for taking the time to be with me today Remember, if you spend your whole life trying to get your act together, then you don't have a life. You have an act. So go live your fucking life. You got to look for the redeeming feature. You got to look for things to appreciate. You got to find a reason to make it okay where you are. No, I've got to strive and struggle and try. That's what I've been taught. Growth and expansion is my quest. No, that's inevitable. Whether it comes easy or hard is the question. The horrible truth is that it's an inside job. That if you're going to get that love and that respect that you just so love, that connect, that union starts inside. To every experience of growth, there is an equal and an opposite. And that equal and an opposite is what drives you to that light. So you have to start inwards. You have to start first within yourself.